My Supra versus my R32 GTR. Okay, yes. Sure. That's what you're asking. Yes, yes. Supra. Okay, there we go. There it is. Settled. Supras are the best car, and GTRs kind of yeah. suck, unfortunately. <laughs> so nuts. thanks, Brian. Be a, GTR is a better car. <laughs> GTR is better. And we are live with the second ever podcast at Martini Works, where I have Carmel making his debut. In other news, I have another debut here right now. Yeah, I'm anyways, listen, so okay. big JDM car. Brian car. is here, yeah. and he is a wealth, an absolute wealth of knowledge. Do you remember Do you remember the, the books that you had to buy before the internet? It was no, like I don't read books. Encyclopedias so, that you had in the, in the, in the library. And Brian He's has that. one of the coolest jobs in the world because yeah, he gets so to just it. deal with JDM legends. Oh all day uh, brian what do you actually do there do you just enjoy the cars yeah. or do you have a job there uh, what's, your, what's, your, what's your actual time i am not the person that enjoys the cars <laughs> oh yeah. okay um well. yep so uh, i'm a director at top rank uh importers we're based out of cypress california which is just south of la in Beautiful orange way. county yeah that's uh, real nice there and uh, we got a lot of cool cars yes yeah a lot of them. You drive some cool cars too yourself. You have a Mark IV Supra. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, an R32 GTR. Yeah. 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 Seems like it's been kind of like a headache to build too. Like you had some deadlines you were meeting and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And I've got an R34 GTR. Hey. Oh, you just dropped it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all going to learn about it right here first. But Damn. yeah. That's awesome. Yep. What color? Yeah. Um, it's uh, silver. Okay. Yep. So Hard it's gonna go uh, in line right next to my Supra, uh, with my favorite silver cars. I still think my probably God. the the high point of my trip when we were at Irwindale for Formula Drift was coming mm. out to top rank, getting to drive your R32, yeah, an R33, yep, the Supra, yeah, but most importantly. Above all else, the Honda Beat. The Honda Beat. <laughs> oh my man! I, I don't Beat. think I could get in that. Oh, uh, you may not. No. Yep. But you may not fit, but you'll still get in it. Yeah. Like it just your body will just get contortioned. I fit in it, but I can't drive it. <laughs> right. Brian's yeah. tall as hell. So that, I mean that that gives me a little bit of. Well, Brian's from from the. You're from Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm from uh, yet. Yeah, uh, you know, it took me about 25 minutes to get here from my parents' house. Look at that. Awesome. So, Small yeah. world, right? Yeah, think about Small that world, for a quick bud. Grew up right here. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's wild. And just so everybody's aware for the six people that are still watching, because I have to legally say this, Dakota doesn't work for me. He is a guest on this channel. <laughs> you understand? Hey. Look at me when I'm talking to you. No. All right? And Brian works... He's not even in the state, so I don't... I don't However, I'm not, I'm I mean, not disclaiming that, but uh, he's also not soliciting advice. Cappuccino... Nope, macchiato. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, Car Carmel. There Carmel it is. Yes. Macchiato Carmel. is gainfully employed. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is gainfully yeah, employed. Right. Yeah, he's director of hospitality. Benefits. Let's, let's yep. talk about the biggest thing that I, at least I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I made a, I made a short reel on Instagram with Brian when I was out there. And I asked Brian the value of some of the cars that were sitting in, in the lot, so to speak. Yeah. One of which was a 400R. Yeah. And that was evaluated or valued at $2 million. And the internet broke. Uh, the video got like 5 million views. It got shared. 5 million? Yeah. It, it's at 11 and a half. Oh! <laughs> it got shared everywhere. Yeah. Oh. And the world yeah. is is all up in arms. Everyone. I mean, that's upset. an expensive car. I can understand the frustration of yeah. seeing that. So, Brian, yeah. you know, regardless on how ignorant the world wants to be on the value of JDM cars. Sure. Was... Was the value of those cars pretty far off? Because you don't even have that car anymore. No, that car sold. Actually, hey, so what's funny yo. is when we filmed that video, right? The car hadn't sold and um, hadn't even been listed for sale yet. And we talked about the value and what it was going to be and stuff like that. Um, and the car did sell. And it even hasn't really been that long. I mean, it sold pretty quick. So obviously there was a buyer out there... Um, who understood the value and aligned with that, despite what, um, you know. You Angry just, commenters were yeah, saying. Everybody with a <laughs> Hyundai N or whatever drives. Don't, don't so, even start it on so, Hyundai Elantras. Um, you know, um, it's a rare car. And I did get a lot of people that are like, oh, well, it's not, you know, it's not $2 million. It's not a million and a half dollars car. I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, well, it's not like it's like a Porsche or something or like a Ferrari or something. And I was like, okay, why? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't it like that? Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, well, you could get an F40 for that. And I was like, actually, you could also get an F40 for the same price when this car was new. 
So when the car was new, you could have bought an F40 or a 400R. And for the same amount of money, you could buy an F40 now or a 400R. Yeah. And same thing with like a Carrera GT. People are like, oh, or an LFA. Yeah. What was the MSRP on the 400R? Um, so they were initially supposed to be around $120,000. Holy but shit. They went up to, um, as soon as people kind of started placing orders, that doubled pretty quick. So mm, it wow. um, it was about the same price as a... So, I mean, like, honestly, it being that price isn't that crazy. I just don't think people realize... No, I mean, when you look at are. other cars that are just as rare, or in some cases less rare, yeah. uh, that are just as desirable from that same era, um, I mean, the pricing is there. There's other Porsches in that area that are... I mean, you look at a... What is it? The 996 GT2. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Rare car. Same era. Yeah. Uh, also the same price. Yeah. So what, what's crazy to me is, and, and this I didn't really, I don't know if I appreciated the depth was Porsche value is always what I kind of like associate some of the JDM cars. Cause I know the Porsche market pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well. So the value of Porsches and them being astronomical when they used to not be that way, I can kind of understand it. But I didn't understand the heritage of a lot of the Nissan cars until I went to Japan and got to spend a couple days going to like the Amori factory and learning all about the racing and heritage that that Nissan carries in these cars. I know a little bit. But (laughs) like Porsche carries a lot of heritage around its racing pedigree. Yeah, It does. Always has. Always will. But so does Nissan in its own unique way. Like if you go into the stories of Nissan, there's there's just as much books there as there is for a Porsche 996 GT3. Yeah. So the problem is, is that Porsche, we'll use them as examples since we're already on it, you know, raced all over the world. Right. And Nissan kind of only raced in Japan. And even to this day, uh, a lot of like Japanese car racing still only really happens in Japan. Yeah. So people haven't been as widely exposed to it, but that doesn't right. mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? You looked at um, like the R33 race in Le Mans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but most people are like, nah, that would never, you know, 1996. You know, no Japanese cars in them. Yeah, there is, you know, and they came up with a car that commemorated the LM, you know, R33 yep. LM. So um, I think a lot of people just look at it and they're like, okay, it's if I look at it and say, okay, it's a Porsche. Like they're oh <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, but it's like okay, it is a car, yeah. right? Other cars are also cars, but that's the that's yeah. the the most hilarious like thing we statement. were we were yeah. talking about. Put that on a t-shirt, Alex. Yeah. Other cars are <laughs> also cars. Other yeah. cars are also yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. Old forums, if you go out, like on old Porsche forums, you can actually find like mid early two thousand posts of Porsche like nine 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 three turbo owners and nine six four turbo owners talking about how these cars, these turbo cars were going for twenty five, thirty thousand dollars and they yep. thought that was mm-hmm. too much oh, money yeah. for a Porsche. Like you can even go back right, right now, right. you can go on those old Porsche forums and find these people that were saying that back then. Yeah, people. And now they're going for hundreds of millions. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, these nine nine three turbo cars, you know, where like an okay one is like three hundred some thousand yeah. dollars oh now. They were, you know, that's ten times what they were not that that long ago. Yeah. So but people look at it and say, "Oh, but that's a Porsche." Well, yeah, Porsche, I mean, other Porsche cars also cars. didn't really know. I mean, they had some. They have some fantastic stuff. Don't get me wrong, but like Porsche's QA sometimes in those '80s and '90s and stuff until they got the money from their SUV espionage in the 21st century, they they weren't doing all that hot right. in terms yep. of quality control. So I don't know. It's it's super interesting to hear what that JDM market is looking like. Now I've asked you this a million times before, but this is the only time I've asked you with cans on my head. What do you think? is like the next, you know, <laughs> I, Japanese car that's yeah, going to yeah. appreciate in value. Yeah, I mean, well, the R34s are already doing it, right? Yeah. You know, so you've got like cars like the R34 M Spectner, which is, um, these are not, I'm not saying it's my number. This is Haggerty's number, a million dollars oh! for a nice one right now. That's the last 285 cars produced. Obviously, combined for a lot less than that. You have R34s like the N1. They only made, you know, 38 of. That's a pretty rare car. So outside of those rare ones, we'll say we'll say the R34 in general, right? So not just the GTR, but even the GTTs. Yes. So a GTT a few years ago, you could probably pick up for five to seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now they're like fifty. That's so insane. Yeah. But yeah, I know like Randy kind of did that from a limited. He picked up that R34 yeah. and then. So the thing is, lucky. for yeah. people that are like looking at an R34 and they're saying, look, it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know, R34 GTR, $150,000, or I can buy an R34 GTT for 50. You know what I mean? That's still a third the price. But 
that's also like 10 times the price of what they were. So right. when you look at it that way, that's a big appreciation. So, jump. so to compare, because I'm, I'm still on this Euro thing, would you say that like a GTT at a price point of 50K is comparable to a 996 Turbo? And mm. then secondly, a GTR being at 150 would be a 2010, what, Turbo S? No, I mean, so I would say like a GTT is like, okay, you buy a 996 Carrera, right? And then, you know, maybe like a GTR is more like a 996 GT3. Okay. And then, you know, as you start getting into some of the more limited models, maybe it's a little bit a little bit more different there. But, um, you know, they're similar platform. It's just, you know, just different. Same, same, yeah. but different. Yeah. All cars are car. All yeah. cars are a car. <laughs> cars are also cars. Yeah. Cars are also cars. Cats are also cats. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, outside of the Skyline stuff in general, I mean, I think the Supra, even though it's a six-figure car now, in most cases, still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, the RX-7 has been super popular. Those, yeah, the those Supra, really the Supra's up. totally worth it. Yeah. I feel like without a doubt, no matter what price it was back in the day, whatever price they go for now is still worth so it. So here's a fun fact. Do you know uh, when people say, okay, yeah, but a Supra's not as rare as a GTR? True. But a Supra Turbo is as rare as a GTR because they made about the same number Super Turbos as they did R34 GTRs. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I did not know that yep. either. So um, the difference is you see a lot of people that buy NAs and swap them. That's really interesting. Is that the Even same? with it, like, because the Supra was made in America too. Isn't yeah. the USDM so, worth more than the JDM? Eh, okay. The U- oh, heard this. <laughs> you got time for another podcast? Oh, yeah. here we go. All right. Here is, here's I'm every, <laughs> every USDM Supra owner and RX-7 uh, like to defend their real estate by saying that it's somehow better. And when you ask them, why is it better? They say, oh, well, you know, the uh, Hold the, ass. the JDM one's got uh, ceramic turbos over there. Okay, well, uh, you still have stock turbos on your Super Pro? <laughs> well, no, no, I don't. Okay, so then what does it matter? Right. So they're they're not worth more. In my opinion, no. I mean, it's worth as much more as you'd like to be on the left side of the car. Huh. <laughs> Do you think the same things to be said about the NSX? Yes. Yeah. NSX USDM they're saying is more expensive than the JDM. Why? Listen, man. Oh, because it's the one you have? I don't oh, have Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you, dude. I got you. Yeah. No, and same thing with RX-7s, right? I mean, arguably, some of these cars are more desirable, especially as you start getting into the, like, the fact that you know Japan got the RZ model, which is a lot more you know lightweight, interesting, has the Kevlar Recaros. You look at Integra Type R, same thing. When people get done beating that horse to death, where it's like, cool, you got the uglier headlights, and then you went and swapped it over to a JDM front. But then you're going to tell me that your car is somehow worth more because it's a USDM car? We'll get out of here. <laughs> Brian gets heated on it. It's all right. Brian doesn't, Brian doesn't like that talk. He don't, he but, don't, he don't like okay. that slander. Right. Okay, so is there any... We, we know about the Supras. We know yeah. about the Skylines. Uh, they're going up. Sure. Is there any cars people should be importing and they're not? Um, okay, well... You can't import these yet, but I will say the Evo 5 to the 6.5 is a banger of a car. It is. So awesome. And I'll also tell you the next one, like super hot ticket item, is the S15 Spec R. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to drop another fun fact on you. I bought one of those too. So this is me putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah, so I got a white S15 Spec R because I know the value of those cars is going to skyrocket. And the reason is when we sell cars right now, uh, S13s and S14s tend to not do so well because people will say, well, I'll just buy one and it's already here. I'm not right. going to pay the extra money to you know, to, to import one, stuff like that. Sure. Fine. Sure. There is no S15. Right. There's no equivalent. You have to import Yeah. So you have to buy that one. And they and look so freaking They look good. amazing. Yes. You know? They look and, so good. And right now you can buy them in the high 20s to low 30s. And, that's and that price good. is going to double you know, in about 11 months when people start importing. I was just going to say, when do you become go. I'm going to see if I can get a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think the S15 is going to be a banger for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anybody can snag one of those. Um, as far as cars that people aren't importing, um, but maybe should be importing, uh, anything Honda right now has a lot of value in it. Uh, I think people tend to love Honda stuff. I mean, we do pretty well with the Integra Type R. And, I love those cars. Uh, the we've type, got the Integra so Type good. R's so good. so pretty. Civic Type R's on the way right now. You know, so the CTR I think is going to be popular. But um, Championship white. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there's also so much other cool kind of Honda stuff that's out there. I think, you know, like even some of the preludes and stuff. Oh, dude, um, I think preludes super underrated. Yeah. So, 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 so wait, Dakota and, and, and Gels and I were talking because mm-hmm. we were talking about doing some sort of fun, silly challenge of some yep. kind. And I still cannot get the Honda Beat driving experience. Out if of you want head. it, I will how? ship it to you. How? <laughs> what how? is this? You've never seen this situation. I've seen the video of you driving. It's it, designed like, by the same people that design Ferraris. That's all that matters. It's got the reliability and heart of a Honda. It is a rear engine mini NSX, if you will. I, when you say it like that, with, see, he's, with he's zebra seats. Right he way. sells the car. He should zebra be better. Seats. Yeah, it's like true. if you have that's this true. car, you're Radwood King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need to. I want to ride in it super bad, but I don't yeah. think I can fit. Like so a I, more quirky, and quirky for, Romano would drive this car. Yeah. See, this yep. is why I think we should get three of them of different variants. I can't fit in it, and for that reason, I'm out. You will pull back the seat. We'll get you some thin seats so that okay. you can get a little bit more space. You'd love it. All right. If you're picking up the tab, I'll drive. We it. should be able to ship three of them in a single U-Haul, like a single U-Haul. <laughs> Just sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just carry them here. Yeah. Yeah. Those... Honda makes good stuff. So, like, I'm a little bit on board, but I, I'm not fully sold on it yet. See, I'm on the, the K24 train forever. I know. You won't shut up about it. Listen, man, I can't help it. It's should, an affordable uh, K-swap option. swap that Rari. Yeah, for Listen, real. Put your that, money where your mouth is. When Let's the head, swap when the, that Ferrari. When the head gasket goes out, I'll be like the guy from Stan's Works, and I'll put a K24 in it. Dang. You, you, know you will? There? Yeah. Oh, on my on my life. Wow. Okay. All right. Dang. He's getting he's aiming for a thousand horsepower out of that three oh eight, by the way. Wow. So if you guys don't know, I can't remember his first name. Me uh, but he has his stance works. He has a white Ferrari three oh eight. He debuted it at SEMA. Really awesome mm. YouTube series. If you guys want to watch it, definitely recommend checking it out. Um, but he's aiming for a thousand horsepower, sequential gearbox, you know, this whole big turbo setup, and it looks gnarly. It looks so good. It sounds gnarly. Oh, it's probably more reliable than 308. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. anything is more yeah. reliable until you get yeah. to like 430, 458. Mm-hmm. My 430 is super reliable. Well, ish. I've never seen it like fully functioning ever. What do you mean? What What doesn't work on it right now? There's. I'm sure there's something. That does not work. Everything or works. works marginally. Ish. The air ride. It works. No, but it leaks, right? Yeah, it leaks. Uh, see, there's always something. That's, not a, Ferrari, it's a, it's a that's not a Ferrari no, part, you're though. Right, you're right. That's okay, not a Ferrari exactly. part. Out of my well, uh, the window gaskets are I'm not out. talking shit about Ferrari or their car. I'm just saying. It's called only your specific car. one. Hey, yeah, he's only shit-talking yeah, your car. Exactly. Hey, listen. It's a, it's a project attack. build, okay? Mm. They have quirks and features. Having, don't stop normalizing having a Ferrari project car. I'm going to normalize having a junkyard Ferrari If you K-swap it, then I'm down. Well, Until when, then, when the engine blows, I don't hear about it. when the engine blows, I'll be down. Okay, let's blow it up. It's probably not far. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if I sell it, we're like, so oh. far away from it. But <laughs> wait, you're selling it? Well, if I have to oh. to make room for three K cars. <laughs> Dang! Wow, that's a power move. Think about it. We could yeah. fit three K cars in the same. What space. are you going to do with the other ninety percent of the money? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for real. Oh I my god! Them. Yeah, <laughs> turn them into rockets. Oh my god! That's oh, wild. that's wild. So you have the R32 Supra. We've talked about that car before, but you race, you drive that bad boy, the R32, yeah. right? Yeah, I beat it. How's that? How's that been going? Explain, I guess, in the last couple of minutes that we have, mm-hmm. what's it been like going from figuring out how to build the car, getting it actually race regulated, and then actually racing the car? Yeah, I mean, so I've sold hundreds, like hundreds of these cars. So I've had the opportunity of seeing a lot of that. Well, I mean, the point is I've seen the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to see and drive almost all of them. Right. So I got to know pretty much uh, what exactly I like. You know, I know what different suspension setups feel like. I know what different wheels, tires, and all the other kind of turbo setups and stuff like that feel like without having to do it to my own car. Mm -hmm. Right. So I got to build kind of a wish list of what I know I like. And, um, a guy that I work with named Sean Morris is like a GTR genius. Um, I thought you were the GTR genius. No, everything Holy I know shit. I've learned from Sean. Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, and he's been super helpful in that too. So when I, you know, restored that thirty-two, originally my idea was I, w- I wanted, you know, a good street car, a little show car, something yeah. I can take around to to little car shows and be like, look at my car. Yeah, you should buy one. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, the more I started driving it, I was like, it's just. 
the street is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, so started driving a little bit in the canyons and some stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, I mean, this is fun, but like, we could do more, yeah, right? Yeah. And then um, that's how it that's yeah. how it starts. <laughs> so I did a did a track day with it, um, and kind of discovered some weaknesses, some kinks, some things that I kind of wanted to fix and change a little bit. And um, I did that, um, and the cars were really good. So I was like, what else can we do? And there's a thing um, in Southern California called Nissan Challenge. They do them kind of throughout the country, but uh, the one in Southern California, it's a uh, eleven races, like a series, and you compete oh. for points. Uh, it's like Global Time Attack, but it's for Nissans only. Dang. So I was like, I'm going to enter Nissan Challenge, and I'm going to see how it goes. Can and, anybody get into the Nissan Challenge? Um, yeah, so there's different groups, right? You could be in like a beginner group, kind of yeah. all the way up to uh, whatever. And you kind of rate it off of what tire you're on, sure. Um, sure. horsepower and experience. So um, I started doing that. It was my first year this year doing it. Uh, it was super cool. So I learned a lot about the car. I learned a lot about like what I want to change and what my power goals really are. You know, most people are like, I want a thousand horsepower. I want 800 horsepower. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Now go on the track and try to use it all. Yeah, no shit. You know, like it doesn't doesn't work that way. And when people are like, oh, you know, you're, you know, if I tell my car is 400, 440 horsepower, you know, people are like, that's it. And it's like, okay, yeah, but it's like, you can use all of it. All of it. Yeah. You know, 400 horsepower is a lot of horsepower. Yeah. Well, people are like, you know, my, yeah, let's, let's be clear. Cousins, boyfriends, SRT. Back back in the back, I would say, what would, what would that be? 12, what year is it? 2022? Sure. Okay. So when were we, when were we 16? I don't know. When were we 16? It would have been, I don't know. 2010. I got it for you. Thanks. That, Having 400 horsepower, which typically came in the form of either an Evo or a Skittle. 400 R? Yeah. No, like <laughs> modified. That, you ruled the streets. An MR2, SW20. Yeah. If you had 400 horsepower to the wheels, you were killing everything yeah. out there. And nowadays, so it's people this, are like, uh, this 400 horsepower doesn't make it. Well, it's the, awesome. the thing is, yeah. is it's called horsepowers to Hers- weight ratio. Yeah, there it is. And a lot of people don't understand that. Your Hellcat weighs like three times yeah. what a lot of these tuner cars weigh. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah, I got the opportunity to drive a bunch of different cars on the track back to back to back, and shout I don't out to know Josh. how. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Josh from Continental. Um, but I'm accidentally throwing a bunch of shade now. I drove the Challenger. It was the worst by far. <laughs> it was horrendous. It just floats around. They make it like a daily commuter. Like you want to be really comfy inside. The car is huge, and even though it has all that power, it didn't feel good driving it so brian made a good point of like there's these thousand horsepower cars nobody's using the thousand horsepower and i really learned this when i got into bikes was when i went from a 600 cc to a thousand cc yes and the thousand cc is super fun it was insane i couldn't outride it i couldn't outride a 600 yeah that's the thing and i I think people can do that with cars too it's like take it to the track and let's see what you can actually actually, do it's crazy you bring that up because bikes are the greatest way to show that that driver mod example i still remember being a 600 r and then moving to an r1 or i had a a duck for a little bit Mm -hmm. and i remember getting on that bike and being like i'm never going to get what this bike was built to do out of it with my driving with my Mm -hmm. riding experience it's not even close so it's a it's a perfect way to to explain that that's wild so you you got through you're in the challenge still because Uh, california has nice weather done for the year yeah but we're starting back up again i think the first one is in february that's awesome that's so So. cool and the car did good yeah car did good driver could use some improvement but i'm working on that driver mod so yeah 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 Well, that's awesome. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about why are my cats orange. Nope. I have mm. spicy questions. We're not going to talk at all about why the cats are orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're back, and we've got all sorts of JDM cars all over the world, and I would argue that the YouTube community probably has like springboarded a lot of the popularity of Japanese sports cars. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I would 100%. agree with that. Every influencer is like every influencer has going this to Japan. garage of thousands of Japanese cars. Subtle okay, break. That's exaggerating, but um, <laughs> well, and really. they're going to Japan. Yeah, this is the year of every automotive enthusiast going to Japan, except me. That's all right. Me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you can come with next time. We'll pack you in. A, Please, a for, we're all on the same away. flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be Private wild. Jet. Okay, so most of it's been good, right? I would argue 
you know, you've got TJ Hunt. He just got his R34, right? Yep. That's yep. awesome. Mm -hmm. Dustin Williams has had his R34. Been driving the hell out of his R34 in Japan. Shit's yep. so inspiring. Love Dustin Williams' content. Still one of my favorite. Randy from Eliminate. He's been out got, in Japan. He yep. went there. Shot awesome content. Yeah, he's still making Samit content. Samit came over here for yep. a while. He was at LZ Invitational, right? Doing some yep. awesome stuff, too. So, like, mostly everyone, right, is shooting content around the Japanese car sports car market in like a healthy engaging yeah. you know empowering way yep. and as a side note it's giving it a global presence yeah by the way there is a global presence also occurring right. that is in the complete opposite hemisphere of the world whistling diesel oh you've seen his video i wish i could say who yeah. <laughs> everyone knows him right yeah he, had a, he did a gtr series r32 where he did what was it like a vehicle stress test it was like r32 plus r32 equals r34 <laughs> even though that still doesn't that doesn't make sense but what do you do he stacked he like stacked the two skyline he, he he destroyed them what what is your you know what is your opinion on people that are abusing the living crap out of those cars? What do you think about like Whistling Diesel taking? Well, I don't that? think this is a. I mean, if you want to abuse a car, like go for it. Like on a track, or you want to beat it to death somewhere else, that's fine. Like if you want to be like the gore of car YouTubers mm -hmm. and just go for shock value on stuff, like by like literally flinging human feces on people in the front row, which is what I think his <laughs> content. Uh, mounts up to that's fine like and uh, like honestly if if he's getting paid like that's cool like go do you man you yeah, know like yeah. other people get he is paid getting paid you know a lot of money yeah. yeah i'm sure he's making a lot of money and that's all it is for him so, but for his followers right like if you like giving dudes like a million dollars. Like, say you go buy all of his merch. He uses all of that money to go buy Rolexes and a steamroller mm -hmm. and steamrolls over it and goes, I'm out of money. You guys should all buy my next merch drop so I can go buy these whatever <laughs> next shoes and a Caterpillar and run it over. Or so, like, So you think it's just shock value. It's 100% just shock value. But when you want... like, He's not an automotive YouTuber. But he... Okay, so wait. This, this is interesting because he builds... He built that monster truck yeah, that, that thing's wild Max. that literally yeah. was in the water sure and and i i liked it i thought it was i mean really cool. i think he started out in the right direction okay right but you but you think but, him like taking the r32s and doing doing a or what about, like i i kind of like the g-wagon video the like, g-wagon i think it'd be like awesome. alex it'd be like if i walked downstairs and i lit your ferrari on fire and I put it on the internet, and it got 10 million views, and I just decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on people's podcasts, and then afterwards, I'm going to light their cars on fire, and then now that's my whole channel. I mean, if you want to do that, I'll if record If you it. were to... <laughs> I mean, I think that's what he did. I think, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but is like buying a bunch of Dior shoes and running them over with like a, like a grater or whatever it was, like... But he's, is that automotive content? No, well, okay, so here. No, I, it's I, shock uh, value. It's shock value. I agree. It is, there is, there is shock, shock value to it, right? I would agree on the surface. But he does do, hi, Carmel. He does do quite a bit in terms of like things I think we would all want to do to the car if we did not have the yeah, barrier. I, I totally money. agree. No. It's so, like, no, no, no. If I like, could buy TJ Hunt's Lamborghini and then take a hammer to it, yeah. I mean, that's oh, no, up no, on no, my no. list. No, no, no. Yeah, I no. would not do that. Tell me, get out of here. G-Wagon, G-Wagon, the G-Wagon video, right? Where he took it all across the track and literally raced yeah. it against, but took it anywhere that he wanted to because he could. Right. Tell me that there's not a small 13-year-old in the back nah. of your head that's like, that I, I have always wanted to do that, and he got to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's no. That's not... I, I, I agree. That part. What did I he do it. with it afterwards? I have no goddamn clue. Probably smash. Like, it. did he drive it into like a animal shelter and light <laughs> it on fire? Hey, hey, you leave the animals. Because I mean, I feel like that's something he would do. <laughs> Listen, I I would say that there's some shock factor to the content that he does, right? But I do think there's a, the reason he's so successful is not just the shock factor. It's because he touches on things that I think a lot of people have always thought of doing, but couldn't no, no, because of the money. I'm going to disagree with you. Do you know what he does? He waits for something to become popular and he waits for things to be like super hyped. Like people that are like, oh man, like as soon as I grow up, I'm going to buy this. Or as soon as I have enough money, I want this. <laughs> then he goes and buys all of that and then destroys it, which is again, it'd be like, it's like taking something that like the whole internet seems to like, 
right? Mm -hmm. And then he brings it down to literally nothing by destroying it. That's literally all of his content that I see. And you and and that you don't like that. I'm not <laughs> I don't care because I'm not like, damn, I missed out on a pair of Dior Jordans. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't care. Okay. But okay. somebody did, and then he just lights him on fire. And it's like, okay, I could I could see where that's kind of funny or whatever. But again, like see, I is that I, like I see any sort of valuable content at so all? Here, here's what I would say. I wouldn't say that it's valuable content. I would say that it's entertaining content. I think he's an yeah. entertainer at heart. Right. And what I would say what's is, the, what what do you love more than anything? Like what's your favorite? I mean, aside from your cats. Okay, well, careful. He's right. Yeah, here. I know, I got okay. you. But like what's something that like you're super into? <sighs> like that you're like passionate about, that you care about. Well, cars. I mean, I got cars. 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 What Martinis. else? Else? What else do you like? Come on, think, think, think. What do you like? Well, I'm trying to think of what I like. Different, I mean, most different of the, hairdos? Cats, cars, and martinis, okay, bro. So like, like that's it, the thing. So if I got okay. So like <laughs> say I like I was like, I had some money and I was like, hey guys, like, um, do you guys want to do a watch a demolition derby? Yeah. And I went out and I bought like maybe like what what do you what's a car that you like? Like a, a 996 GT3? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Big, big I got five of them. And then I was like, okay, we're gonna do a demolition derby with these five cars. You'd be like, Brian, wh why are you doing that? <laughs> and I'd be like, because I know it'll upset the internet. That so that is valid. That's valid. That's true. I think what I would just say, though, is that's still idea. entertainment. I'm just kidding. I mean, of course, it's, you know what else is? I mean, no, I'll stop myself. But yeah, there's a lot of things that are entertainment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just make I just, it like, I just don't. Think, all right. So here's what I would say. I agree with you. I think that there, there's an element of the attention mm -hmm. that he gets because of the fact that he's touching on things that other people can't touch. Right. There's this perceived like almost goal for a lot of the things that that he's taking and he is bringing down literally to earth, destroying them. But in the same token, is that not just like humanizing things that we look up to that are just nothing? Yes. More than so no, I, I no point on this. I know it's now Brian has started. He's trying to, he's like converting yeah, a little see, bit. So see? like he makes some good points. And what I'm thinking of now is this is getting a little deep, but the amount of youth that does watch YouTube. Okay. And people getting into stuff. Is this normalizing, destroying shit? To make uh, people so happy. Here's my thing. Like, let's say, like, all of a sudden this Pokemon card became super rare. Like, yeah. I, I don't know a single thing about Pokemon, but say it did. And then he was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go online, I'm gonna buy them all, and then I'm gonna light them on fire. Yeah. Like, okay, why? Right. Well, because he gets paid. Because he makes money, yeah. Here's the thing: the people that are paying him, <laughs> though, I'm like, it's like you give the dude money, right? And then he's like, instead of using that money to buy your own R32 GTR. Or your own set of sneakers, you buy his whatever dropship merchandise, and then he uses that money to go buy something that other people want only for the fact of destroying it. Which again, like, I guess, fine, whatever. That's how he makes money. And again, I'm not shading the dude. He's making money. If he wants to go on the internet, say he has more money than me, that's cool too, whatever. I don't right. care. But like, I think at some point, like, what I, what I see from a lot of automotive, like good ones, we're going to bring this back to like real people. I don't consider him real, but like <laughs> if you look at like real people that are doing it, right? Sure. You look at like, I'll use TJ, I'll use Dustin, I'll use Randy, I'll use Tommy, yeah. you know, even though, yeah. you know, <laughs> so what they're doing, right? Automotive YouTubers, they're finding something and in most cases, they're preserving it. They're making it better. They're teaching you how to get that thing that you want. Right. And then what to do with it once you have it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. I like if the, like it wouldn't surprise me if like one day he was like, Well, <laughs> you know, 101 Dalmatians was my favorite childhood movie, so I killed these hundred puppies and no, turned them no, into no, a no, you know, no, 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 no. That's okay. like okay. So bring him in full circle. One second. Wait, I have no, one question. No, me first. Why? Me. My question's better than no, yours. No, there's no way. I'm not asking a okay. question. I'm making a statement. All Here's right, what okay. I would say. When you say you bring it back to the good YouTubers, yeah. I, I think at its core, and I think where I'm feeling a lot of maybe conflict, and I would agree, is that somebody like a Whistling Diesel, maybe we can even take his name out of it, but people like that are taking something that is a passion or something that we oh, care for. Can I go real crazy on you right now? Something that we are genuinely, like we care about the benefit of mm. it and in its future, yep. shitting on it. So question. Okay. Kanye West is an entertainer, right? Yes. Here's this rabbit oh, hole. Boy. All right. So, and, uh, 
<laughs> I'm just saying, though. Look at Mario. <laughs> like, are, are you going to say that taking something that people hold totally dear, right? Even if it's their own religion, their own everything, and just absolutely dumping all over it is entertainment. I would say that the depth of that situation is not the same depth of a materialistic thing. Correct. I guess that's a fair point. That would be my biggest difference. Now, what I can say is that to a lot of people, they don't. Okay, so here, let me let me think of this in 30 seconds. For a lot of people, materialistic items are not about the materialistic item. It's about the journey to get to that item. Right. It's a lot of the passion, the project, the hard work, the dedication to get the thing. And a lot of times you relate that hard work and that feeling of grinding to the item that you have. That's why people love the cars that they build, the cars that they buy, the houses that they buy, because it's not actually about that thing. It's about everything that they did to get there. So when I see or hear people not liking the Whistling Diesel situation, I think it's because there is none of that past. There's just something that he has that doesn't look like he had to work as hard as other people for, taking it, destroying it, laughing about it, and getting a lot of goons on the internet to do this. And see, what I see when I see this is I see, like, I'll use the sneaker situation because I know that that one moved the internet. I see there's probably a guy out there whose living is to get those sneakers and flip them and make a few hundred dollars on them. That's how he makes a living. Yeah. And this dude is just going to totally wreck those. When I see him destroy two R32 GTRs, I look at it and say, okay, well, that's two less cars that maybe I'll be able to sell. That's two less cars that somebody's going to be able to own. You know, when he just goes out and destroying things and is just being destructive about, I mean, I get that it's entertainment, right? I mean, even cars were destroyed in the Fast and Furious movies too. Sad day, right? Lots of things break a lot of things and ruin a lot of things. But I just, what I don't get from him is like the glamorizing of it and like thinking that it's kind of funny when I don't know anybody else that thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's shock value is all that it is. But you're somebody that is in the industry, in the scene, trying to preserve the space and is trying to enable the space to become a better version of what it was to the day Sure, before. but okay, even people that aren't though, when people share his content, which a lot of people do, you know, like when they shared that content, do you think they were like, wow, this is so cool, I want to do this? Or are they like, look at this fucking idiot? You know <laughs> what I mean? Because there's a caption that goes with whatever shared, right? If I send you something, I'm going to tell you why I'm sharing it. Yeah. And it's probably not because, wow, this guy is a genius. I've never thought of that. I should do that to my own cars. Yeah. It's probably not the context of that. So at some point, it's like, I get, man, that you're getting a bunch of views and you're making a bunch of money. And I respect you for finding your niche and doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up. On the other side of it, though, like, at what point, like, are people just laughing at you? Like, right. you're a clown. Yeah, it, yeah I, it, I how how deep are the maybe how deep are the roots with the community? And then when you do want to do something serious, like when people are done laughing at you, and you do want to do something, you're that guy. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It, it is a bit of like tarnishing. Like you now you're known for that. You're just the guy that destroys shit. Yeah, because oh. no real person that cares about building a car is watching your content to take your advice. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to watch you throw you know, a Nissan block through the hood of your R32 GTR. It's true. It's like, what, I don't, what, what is the mark you're leaving? Like, what, what do you get remembered see, for at see, that point? And this is where we get into a really weird thing, which is totally not related to cars whatsoever. And until Logan Paul went and did whatever the hell he just did in the last week, it's kind of the same story, though, because when you look at, like, all his podcasts, all the stuff that he had been doing right now, prior to everything he said on the latest podcast— People were adoring this dude. Mm-hmm. They were supporting him. They were enabling him. They were buying his product. They were just, buying his Just merch. for clarification, which one posted the dead person on the internet? The same one. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Check okay. it. So that's exactly what I'm trying to say is he used to be this one version, right? Then posted mm-hmm. that video. Everyone shit on him, yep. rightfully so. He came back, made this big name for him again, tru- truly transformed person, and everybody came back and supported him again. Yeah, but do you know what I still know him as? The guy who posted the dead person on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is- I, I get it. Okay. So let me let me ask this question because I'm, I'm curious. I want you to answer this truthfully. Yeah. He hasn't been answering the Somehow, last portion truthfully at all. I know. I can. <laughs> no, he's very passionate. That's why I want to ask this. Somehow, Whistling Diesel sees this. He's like, God damn, I'm so mad at Brian. I'm going to top rank and I'm going to buy every single car in inventory. Because <laughs> he probably could. Then what? what? What stance do you put on that? Because he has that fucking money. That dude can knock on the door till his hand goes numb. (laughs) 
So no, no amount of money. No, because I'm not selling I, a car. And, and I can tell you, Sean would back this, back me up on this. Oh, yeah. we don't have an interest in selling a car to somebody that we know is going to ruin it. We don't even want to sell someone a GTR that we know they're going to put a pandem kit on it. Wow. I just don't want to do it because those cars mean something to us yeah. and we care about them. And there's only so many of them. And yeah, you could say a car is a car, but the thing is, is that I think when you really care about something, you start to think about who the next person is that's going to enjoy it. Yeah. Right. And if those cars aren't around for the next generation, then it's going to make me a dinosaur. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why you see places like Singer, you see places like Gunther Works preserving these cars. That's why you see like EV West turning these cars into electric vehicles you know, for the next generation and for compliance purposes and all the other kind of stuff. So that way the car doesn't die. Yeah. I mean, I respect that. I get, he gets off on being like this, you know, grinding death machine of all things nice. <laughs> and that's fine. But dude, go crush some Rolexes or go crush whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, to me, like, I, uh, you know what, what else? I, I think what I like about this is, is regardless of, of anyone's opinion, right? Either on the internet, watching yourself, I think, it's good to have an opinion and a stance on the things that you're passionate about and that you care for. Right. And I think that's what I'm hearing. I mean, right, wrong, indifferent, whichever way you want to swing it, there's millions of people out there in the world, some with really wild, dumb opinions on the internet. <laughs> but the fact that you're willing to defend and want to preserve that culture and, and what yeah, you it's work coming for, from yeah. a good I mean, like, it's coming from a good And in spot. the same breath, like another shock value thing that just happened recently is like you get the people that go to the Louvre and they threw the orange paint on the Van Gogh painting. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. They did it to a Ferrari F430, by the way. Sure. And you know, and it's same thing with like people going out in the streets and, you know, hitting Bugattis with golf clubs and stuff like that. Like, okay, point taken. Right. You know, but again, why are you like, what are you getting out of doing that? And I guess, you know, I guess it's bringing attention and you're getting some views and like, that's what I feel like. I feel like Whistle and Diesel is always reaching for that next 15 seconds of fame because he hasn't built anything real. Damn. And that's, I, th I wow. do, I was just going to say that I think that the translation of the superficial to a foundation with an audience, and this is where we get into content creation and stuff like that. I think that's where you're saying there is no foundation. No, I mean, it's, it's you're constantly, he constantly has to look for the next thing to like destroy to light the internet on fire. And like, the dude is a genius at picking like what people like, you know, I feel like he can sit back, recognize a trend and say things like, you know what? Skyline GTRs are super hyped. They're really popular right now. And people are going to be pissed yeah. if I destroy two of them as part of a YouTube <laughs> series. And everyone is going to show everybody that likes them. And if a lot of people like them, then we'll do that. But like, where does that stop at the next thing? And eventually, you know, it's same thing with the Dior sneakers, same thing with everything else that he does. You know, it's like, okay, these are the hottest shoes to come out this year. I'm going to buy up as many as I can. I'm going to destroy them. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I think the biggest thing that for me is like how are you talking is it's just not like benefiting anyone. It's just that short-term entertainment, I have your attention, and then it's on to the next thing. And there's not <clears throat> any like... The good news Landmark. is, I, and I will say this because I'm trying, I'm trying to also play a little bit of this that, where to be honest, he's never claimed to be anything but. Yeah, exactly. He has never claimed to do anything that that you would hope somebody in that space to do, so to speak. He's never said that he's going to do that. He's never been a preserver of of things. He's never been a person that's been trying to maybe make that foundation. Maybe the way we look at his content is not the way that he wants his content to be perceived whatsoever. You know what I mean? And I'm not justifying it. That's not what no, I'm saying. No, I get it. But just at the same point, at it's least working. He, the the Logan Paul scenario, and I always try to use that as an example because the dude is ultra successful, right? Yeah. In every single way, is he's teetering on having a foundation versus not having a foundation. And that's where you see a lot of the things that he says or does causes so much controversy, but in a more difficult way because there are people that support him that won't support him if he says certain things. Whereas. Whistling Diesel, I think, has never been like, I defend this, this, and this. He's just done. He just yeah. is. He just creates. And whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, there's a there's a massive audience of people that are entertained or at least fantasize about that style of living. Yeah, I, I'm not... Yeah, I mean, if you had like... The Napoleon dream of leading an army of twelve years old. Listen, and he's like <laughs> Dude, completely achieved that, <laughs> oh, I, and and and, that's and that all, could be it too. I mean, but, like, but that's it's the same thing as as you know. I I just try to look at it from the standpoint of 
I I love that the the space is defended, right? It has to be defended, right? And when people shit on your lawn, you get upset. Totally get it. But in the same token, I think there are a lot of people that try to play both sides, right? They try to play like, oh, I'm, I'm a caregiver. I like to support this, support that, support this. But then everything they push out is clickbait, controversial, causing argument. Like they try to play both sides. Yeah. You can't do that. I don't think Whistling Diesel plays a side. I think the side he plays is No, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily be that mad at Whistling Diesel. I mean, it's the people clicking it, that's right? What I'm it's the people I'm not making ma- him you successful. You continue to give the person a stage, he's yeah. going to take it. Right. And that's, yeah, there's nothing... I Like, even though I don't like his content, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would really rather watch a relative's house burn than Jesus watch any Whistling Diesel Christ. content. But in the same light... Like, you can't be mad at him for being successful. It's no different than, like, if I hear, like, a Cardi B song, and I'm like, this is absolute trash, yeah. right? Okay, is that her fault? Or is the fact that I'm listening to it the fault of everyone else that seems to support that? And, I mean, and just fine. because, And just because, the, and this is important, just because the majority is, is showing a, a vanity support doesn't inherently mean it's support. So if you're out there, because we just talked in the last podcast about creating content and you yeah. know how do you get out there and doing things like that and a lot of times the 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 drug way to go about it would be to create clickbait to create you know negative controversy everybody likes bad news everybody clicks on bad news that's why fox and cnn all these places exist you know and tmz tmz <laughs> and i and i think that in in the same element of what you're saying is like you know should you have an opinion on it or should you want to create content, you have to ask yourself right at the beginning, what type of person do you want to be known for? So, What, t- what type of audience do you want to create? Do you want one that's enabling or do you want one that's destructive? Here's my final point on him and then maybe we can move on to some yes, positive yes, YouTubers. Yes. Is that, you know, I think if you took um, one of Dustin's followers, right, and you gave him an R32 GTR, I think that he would preserve it, he would keep it. The guy would be hyped to have it yep. and he wouldn't destroy it. I think if you take one of Whistle and Diesel's followers and you give him an R32 GTR, I think he would be hyped to have it. I think he would keep it. I think he would preserve it. I don't think he would destroy it. And that's a big difference. I think that even though people think it's funny and people watch it and they share it and they claim to support it, if you gave that person that car, he wouldn't do the same thing with it. I can promise you. Right. You would be hard pressed well, to find one of his followers getting... that would be like, well, Whistle and Diesel lit his on fire, so I'm going to do the same thing to mine. No. Right. A normal person isn't going to do that. Sure. So I just don't know who he's catering to. See, that's that's for what I would I'd find interesting is because like if Whistling Diesel watches this, he's gonna be like, I'm gonna go find a subscriber. I'm gonna go give him an R32 GTR, and I'm gonna go see what he says. Well, see, like, <laughs> yep, and then I'm gonna make him light it on fire. Yeah, if he made him 100, percent but they wouldn't do it because they don't get the benefit of it. Maybe they would though. Maybe they get that 15 seconds of fame. Like I or want a car from Whistling Diesel. Or something. Yeah, I and guarantee I guarantee you, it, the kid would pick up a hundred thousand subscribers. And like then that, that, and then yeah. but then it would be over. Speaking then of it would fires. Be done. Mm. Speaking of fires, yep. Switching the subject, yeah, yeah, to yeah. another I mean, we've unknown. Given this guy so much to, time. to yeah. another unknown. Now I know Luke Stancy Pants RX8. I know you don't know the car. Yep. Gels knows the car. Um, do you believe? And I'm trying to make this a more generic state, more generic question. Do you think people on the internet are? Do they? Do you think there's a level of people that would do anything for attention in the current automotive industry? Well, that, well, I think we just because, talked for no, no, like 20 no, because, minutes about it. I was going to say, yeah, that, yeah. that's literally... Because I'm trying to explain it, because if you don't know this, if you don't know Stancy Pants, the, the RX-8, it's a wide-body RX-8. The like, guy, camber, like, crazy. 30 degrees plus. Did an interview with him at Gatlinburg. His car started on fire. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was on the side of the street. And when Luke posted the, the pictures of the fire, um, he had said that he thought that it was intentional, that it was arson of some kind, that it was that somebody started his car on fire. Um, now everybody supported him, you know, Luke gained a ton of followers, a ton of support. I think there was a GoFundMe and things like that. But then eventually it took about a couple days for people to start asking, wait a minute, like, was this a publicity stunt? Was this a publicity stunt? And there's people that own RX-8s that know that the electrical location of the car is literally where that fire was started. It was, it stopped in the very spot where most electrical fires for RX-8s stop. The report came back as incidental, like it was it was purposeful. But that doesn't mean if he did it on purpose, whether. So, yeah, the biggest thing was this car was built for attention. After a while, attention fades. All of a sudden, car starts on fire and it's the biggest fucking 
car enthusiast post on Instagram for a week. Huge. Huge. It was massive. It, it took over everything. So then with that, you know, he made a claim right away. Hasn't posted since. And he was like, my car, somebody lit my car on fire. I can't believe the community is like this. You know, and we've and, had people and, have met a really nice guy and yeah. everything. And I want to say, I want to make sure that I'm careful with this too. Because I yeah. did meet Luke. And when I did interview, he was a really down-to-earth guy. No, very, very we're nice. not. We're not like calling him out we're just talking about the situation Correct. because of this post and because of the notoriety it got it it brought a lot of like well wait a minute what if he lit this car on fire just to get the attention just like the car was doing before to bring it back because all this shit happened and he's been quiet and about would it. you and would you say i think the thing for me is is like is it that out of pocket would I do I think Luke would do it? I don't know if I think Luke would intentionally but start. But in the like. state of this whistle and diesel culture where people it's destroy not, things, is it that far fetched anymore? No. I, and I do, and I agree with you. I do not believe that it's that far fetched to put a story that is beneficial to you when something happens to you in the in the social. Yeah, and the I biggest mean, thing he should have just had whistle and diesel lighted on fire. Exactly. Then, then like everything would have been a lab video. Yeah. And no, but like. It, it's like if someone set the car on fire, they're like, "Why would they start it like on the hood of the car? Like you don't start a car fire." So on then, the hood do you do you do you think but that do you think it was intentional? I'm gonna give my opinion right now, and I I'm pretty sure, like I'm like 90 percent sure this is it. He gets a ton of hate, so much hate because of how much Camry runs on this car, all this shit, and, DMs and the, constantly, yeah. death threats, constantly, all this stupid shit that shouldn't happen. He walks out of his house, sees the car was on fire immediately. Someone lit my car on fire. That's what you'd assume. However, it is an RX-8. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it <laughs> is. What an I believe happened was an electrical fire in the engine bay. It happened while he wasn't there. The car started on fire because of some shoddy wiring, and he came out immediately. Just assumed someone because of the amount of the hate the dude gets every second of his life. He assumed someone did it, and in reality, it was just. An yeah. engine fire. However, what's weird though is the police apparently made a statement. So, so I have something to say on that because I would, I would, I would agree. I think Luke probably made more of a of an emotional, immediate response, which I probably, probably would have done too. Probably felt people were out to get him. Yeah, made the posters on the side of the road. Luke was not doing the right thing. The car should have been insured. There's some things on the vehicle that probably should have been done differently. But we all have garage builds. That's how it goes. When the cops reported it incidental. That it was that it was caused by someone. Yeah. I don't think that means that somebody came with a Molotov cocktail and threw it on the car. Yeah. I think what the cops were trying to say in the report is that the modification of the vehicle caused the electrical fire in some way, and that was incidental, meaning that they did something to cause the fire because of the gotcha. car being modified. And I think that's why they closed it out. If it was something where they thought somebody came and damaged a car, the case wouldn't have been automatically closed. It would have been left open. <laughs> See you later, bud. The case would have been left open until they found somebody that, that did it, right? Right. So... I, I, I like Luke as a human being based on the interactions that I've had with him, but I don't think it was a malicious intent based on what I know right now. Brian, what are your thoughts on this? Being someone that didn't know of the situation, what happened? Just speaking out loud about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I was pretty unfamiliar with this yes, situation, yeah. uh, but one, it would be a shame. I Nobody likes to see a car get destroyed, right? Yeah, so yeah. it would be a shame well, if the guy did it himself. It would be a shame do. if somebody else did it to him. And uh, like you say, when you do modify cars, things like that can happen mm -hmm. if things aren't hooked up properly or wiring is bad or old or, you know, incorrect voltage. It could be anything. I mean, yeah, a lot can happen. The guy had a lot of, <laughs> I just saw his car for the first time at, all right, yeah. <laughs> To each their own. But I imagine if you did that level of crazy stuff on it, there's probably a bunch of electronics in the car too. Yeah. You know, um, so really I think the takeaway lesson is here um, is ensure your car, keep it in Definitely. the garage, and uh, know who I, works on it. I yes. will say one last 100%. thing, and this is, this is something I do stand relatively strong on, is that there, there was a moment where the community came together on, on a very controversial moment. Actually, probably a moment that people felt they needed to come together, right? They needed to support this guy because he said that his car was, right. was intentionally right. attacked. 
Should that not be the case? Should Luke find out that it was bad wiring or something that was within his control? I really do want to hold Luke accountable to posting something and saying that it wasn't malicious. I, I think that the audience, the community deserves that. I don't think the community deserves to go on this headhunt to not to only follow up to hear nothing from Luke, right? You have all these people that were there to support him, that were there to give him money for the GoFundMe, right, to do right. all of this stuff. For him to go ghost, for him to not respond, and for him to not close that out, to me, that's a disrespect. Because if you open that door and you accuse, and then you never close that door or own when you may have made a mistake, you're in trouble. I would rather see Luke come forward and say, you know what, guys, I am sorry. That was not actually somebody that was my bad wire. And he may get a lot of crap for it, but you'll get a more, we talk about community, we talk about foundation. Yeah. He will get a core group of people that say, thank you for doing that. Right. Thank you for being real with us and telling us. The yeah, truth. I, I truly think it, it was no fault of anyone's. I don't, I don't personally believe he did it for attention. No. I think it was an emotional thing came out. Dude, your hard work gone fired. You're going to be, you know, not thinking straight, made the post and then, yeah, find out maybe you did it yourself. I, I think that's why I, I but I truly don't believe just for, based on the interactions I've heard from everyone in the community that has met him that, in person. Like, talk to him. Yes, yes. Yes. Has actually met and talked to us. They're like everyone that I've talked to about him is like, yeah, he's a cool ass dude. Like, yeah. Super cool. So, I mean, Luke, Stancy Pants, if you want to be on the podcast, clear the air. More than welcome to. Yeah, we're just a bunch but of Midwest that, That's boys. what I think. And everyone just right now thinks. No yeah. shade at the dude, but we want some answers at this point. Yeah, it's it's just not fair to it's not fair to rattle a cage and then not, you know, okay. resolve it. Enough about that. We got some uh community questions here. Let me pull that up. All right. So stop this yelling is, at th me. This is a good one. Well, we, we we were talking about a lot of negative stuff. Hopefully this one doesn't go negative, but no, Hopefully positive, we're some positive, positive stuff. only. I, it can be, or it could be as negative as you want. We'll find out. All right, so sexy underscore F30. <laughs> hey, that's my altitude. Sub submitted, uh, how is it actually meeting other YouTubers? So I, I think this is an interesting one because it's like you put on a show a little bit when you're on YouTube. How yeah. much and how real are these people you met? I think we've all in this room have gotten the opportunity to meet some amazing creators and a bunch of different walks of life. Yeah. So, Brian, what's your experience been meeting other YouTubers? Uh, great, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is circumstantial, like how and when you meet somebody. Yeah. Like if you meet someone by running up to them while they're having dinner with their girlfriend and yeah. asking for a photo, yeah. that may be different, you know. Or if you meet somebody while they're at a signing or they're being swamped by other people, maybe kind of different. But I don't typically meet a lot of people in that way. Right. So for me, um, you know, I think they're just people that are doing their own thing, yeah. you know, not yeah. to bring it back to another weird way, but I, I've never met whistling diesel, but I, I would imagine he's probably not like a bad human being to right. be around. Right. You know what I mean? It's just comes off kind of that way in the content. The and same thing, built. you know, and same thing with a lot of these other YouTubers, you know, a lot of people have kind of this hard side to them or a soft side to them or like an edgy side to them on camera. And then you meet them and you're like, okay, I get that you're, I don't want to say like acting, but you know, you're kind of in a zone and you're sticking with, you know, the persona that you've built on the internet, how people know you. And yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people are pretty genuine, but at some point you're like, wow, you're a pretty nice guy. Yeah. yeah what about 100%. you, Dakota? I've honestly had an amazing experience and I, I was so nervous too, because like, I think it's a common saying out there, don't meet your heroes. Right. And like, before I got into the YouTube space whatsoever, like I was watching all of these guys uh, crispy halcyon eliminate evan shanks that dude in blue don't immediate like all these people i watched right and it's it, you always hear that that stigma of like oh people aren't how they come off you know yeah. but like surprisingly enough all these people i met have been extremely nice and even after you know leaving and stepping into this new area they've been so supportive i still get like dms or comments or messages and stuff like that um and it, it's been the most like humbling experience ever and like i think i don't know it's weird to explain like youtubers i don't think are necessarily like celebrities even though they they are like a modern day celebrity it they they seem so much more down to earth and i think it's because a lot of these youtubers still like had to come 
and like they created themselves. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these are passionate, driven fucking people. They weren't handed anything. At least the the people that I've met, and you see that, and a lot of them too. I was expecting like, okay, this is your persona on camera. Let me see you in real life. A lot of them were maybe just slightly milder, or exactly what they were on camera, and it's it's been amazing. I think the 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 interactions that I've had with with some of the YouTube influencers out there have have all been great. Like the content creators in the automotive space. I mean. I think again, it's it's what you say, right? It's like the position and the space that you're in. But I've I've been blessed to meet a lot of these individuals, not so just to create content or to get together for some sort of marketing opportunity. Yeah. It's just been to like touch base, say hi, shoot the shit, and kind of figure out what they're about. And you do realize that a lot of them are just people that did create their their own space. And you know, I think I remember running into you know Samet when I was at Ibisu, and and it was just a really down to earth awesome authentic relationship and now you know we chat every once in a while on instagram about him teaching me how to not run into a wall when when (laughs) drift. And so i do think you know to the statement of like not meeting your heroes i think it's about meeting meeting the people that maybe you are influenced by in a space that allows you to learn a little bit more about them you're mm-hmm. not just going to get something like a signature or a picture. Right. Yeah. Finding like Brian a, said, like don't interrupt yeah, them. Finding, and finding a space to have a brief conversation can sometimes mean the world. I mean, I, I'll, I'll kind of tribute it back because I, I do. I really do like how Dustin has a really authentic relationship with his audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when we were at SEMA and we were running into him at the at the booth when he was doing his autograph signing, you know, he was going through and he was taking pictures. He was spending time. These guys were bringing other stuff for him to sign. He was doing that. Brian and I were hanging out there. Dustin comes over and he's like, hey guys, how's it going? And he spends, you know, 30, 45 seconds with us just kind of touching base. He acknowledged that we were there waiting to talk to him for a little bit. He goes back to doing his thing. He comes back over when he's done. There's a way for people to narrow in and just do what they're supposed to do because they're there to sign pictures. And there are people that are there because they know that the friends are around them to support them. And Mm -hmm. he made that acknowledgement. He made that difference. And those little moments of influencers being human, I think are what make all the difference. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree completely. Uh, Do you guys have a favorite YouTuber that you've met? That I've met? Oof. Hmm. Gosh, that's a tough I one. can't I'm not gonna I can't answer this one. <laughs> you can't. You, can't. you yeah, like legally cannot I go over to some of these people's houses and hang out. You know, to be like as we're friends outside of this. Too space. bad. It's kinda like I Come can't. on, air it out. The other Let's thing go. is I don't really watch a lot of YouTube, to be okay. honest yeah. with you. Sure. You sure. know, so I think sometimes I'm a little Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm an avid commenter. I watch a fuck ton of YouTube. Yeah. It's like what I watch. I don't know why. It's just the way I do. I would say mine personally is and a lot of again, they've been fantastic i'm not like downplaying anyone else i'm just saying like the one that surprised me the most and i had like the most interaction with was probably randy from eliminate and seeing how down to earth that guy truly is and how he interacts with his community and just the things that he said and like you said it's like those subtle things that you notice they go a long way and he was just one of the coolest dudes to meet but yeah i mean dustin williams and stuff like that too super humble guy mm-hmm. nice soft-spoken but intelligent in what he's saying I-, I could go on and on about everybody but yeah i think like those two guys probably like the most down-to-earth people that i got the chance to meet i would say that i think i've had and i haven't had many interactions with him but i've always had good conversation with would be jeremiah from donut yeah and i think again oh. it's it's the interactions i've always loved how he brought a lot of like information in the content he created and i've always really applauded people that have been able to take complex situations or like technological things or mechanical things and break them down in a simple easy to understand way because it's really hard to do that like electrical engineers and marketing people like the joke is is that they can't talk to each other because they'd want to kill each other he can take a lot of those things that a lot of people don't understand and make them understandable and he's very human when you run into him. I ran into him at SEMA. We chatted for a couple minutes. I ran into him at another event, talked for a couple. And every single time, it's, hey, how are things going? What's the updates? And we have a chance to talk back and forth. He's and a smart just, dude. I'm going to I'm gonna drop capable. a name. Just that okay. This isn't, I'm not saying my favorite okay. YouTuber okay. or anything. Disclaimer. But just nobody else is talking about him right now. And I'm going to say it. Larry Chen. Oh, One yes. of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. I've never Great had the content. chance to meet him. Great content. Great guy. 
He just really won like the SEMA yeah, like, influencer, influencer of the year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which he crossed out and put content creator of the year, which I like. Yeah. yeah. Like, Influ- Influencer is so, a sensitive name. You know, yeah. um, I think Larry does really, really good content. I think he's liked by everyone in the car community. I've never heard a bad thing about um, Larry Jennings. Well, because and I think he's, he carries because himself, of that, yeah. he carries himself super well. Yeah. And I think because of that, you know, he people open up to him pretty quickly and he gets access to a lot of things that other people ordinarily might not get. Um, just because such a great guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good Larry, call. Larry Good Chen. Call. I ran into him at the pre meet at the what was it? The tofu type S, type S tofu yeah. meet, right? The pre meet yeah. on Wednesday night, and he was doing st- stuff for type S and taking pictures and hanging out. But he doesn't stop. I think that's one of the cool things about Larry is you never see, or at least I haven't. I've never seen Larry try to get away from a space if he's getting recognized, which is different. If you guys go out and you see influencers get swarmed by people, you know that they're constantly trying to pull into a tent to like hide, right? I never saw Larry do that. He would be taking pictures, doing stuff for type S, somebody come up on a picture, he'd take the picture, he'd have the conversation, he'd, and he, he did it all night. There was wow. not a moment. And then when he's at FD events, and he's shooting photos, and he's doing all this stuff in the media pass, if somebody's yelling at him like, hey Larry, how's it going? He'll go, wave, say hi, say <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks I love that. back into the zone. And go right back into yeah, it. I mean, I love that. there is no gradual on, gradual off. Like, right. you see Larry, the, the the switch is on, and he's doing everything all the time. That's so cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yep. Hopefully, I get a chance to meet somebody like that. He's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all I got. No all more right. questions? That's all we got. All if right. you guys want the questions in the next podcast, you can just drop it in the comment section below. Then if you guys can, it would mean a lot. Go read a couple comments. See what other people are saying. Maybe reply to them. See if you agree or disagree. And then let us know who you'd like us to have on the podcast next. The whole goal is that this is just creating a community. That's it. Yep. And I think I have one more question for Brian because it sounded like he, sure. he really wanted one. So I'm going to say you, you've gotten to drive a lot of cars. Yeah. And I'm just going to put it on there right now to end this shit statement that's always out there gtr versus supra you get one and i don't want to hear well if i'm on the track or not well, the if I, car, I know if it's I know, a wednesday no, at no. seven o'clock I'm, and that's the 60 whistle and diesel has both your cars in front of you <laughs> and he's going to destroy one which one are you saving <laughs> that's different no 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 because preservation versus which one is better to drive are two different things oh okay, okay that's it's fair enough things which well one? no i still want to hear though i'm still curious one in front of you is about to get smashed and destroyed which one are you just keeping that's what i'm asking look at those teary eyes They're <laughs> like, oh my uh, god this is my worst fucking nightmare yeah. i'd rather watch a nursing home burn <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at whistling diesel films <laughs> yeah. yeah um okay we're not talking <laughs> supra versus gtr we're oh, talking super sentimental value my here? supra versus my r32 gtr okay yeah sure. that's what you're yeah, asking yes me. yes supra Okay, there we go. There it is. Settle. Supras are the best car, and GTRs kind of yeah. suck, unfortunately. <laughs> so nuts. thanks, Brian. GTR is a better car. GTR is better. The new clickbait. Literally, the clickbait's going to be Brian from Top Rank hates GTRs. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Supras are better. It's just going to be that four second clip, a short. No, I, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank the, you. The GTR you have, beautiful. The Supra you have phenomenal thank so you yeah. i can understand why you and the new cars them. that you're bringing on board i'm excited to see yeah. you have a very yeah. tasteful so, look at cars so i'm excited yeah, to see what you do with those oh cars. yeah the period correct stuff i super excited to see what you do with the r34 and what was the other car you said you got coming uh, s15 yep. yep so okay real quick no what is the s15 are you just flipping it or are you like an M9 no, I, I don't sell anything oh fuck yep. yeah yeah he doesn't sell stuff yep give it the picture all right all right we'll see you later we'll talk to you later thank you so much for watching goodbye bye